Good morning. Uh, just a reminder, we have a sign-up sheet in the back in the narthex for the Easter bruncheon that we'll be having in a couple weeks. So if you'll be attending or if you'd like to make one of the casseroles, uh, feel free to sign up in the back. Also, with Holy Week coming up soon, uh, just a reminder to everyone that we will be offering a 2 p.m. and 7 p.m. service uh, for both Maundy Thursday and Good Friday. And then on Easter, we'll have our our regular 8 a.m. and 10.30 a.m. services with the uh, brunch in between. The Old Testament reading for this, the fifth Sunday in Lent, is from the 37th chapter of Ezekiel. The hand of the Lord was upon me. And he brought me out in the spirit of the Lord and set me down in the middle of the valley. It was full of bones. And he led me around among them. And behold, there were were very many on the surface of the valley. And behold, they were very dry. And he said to me, Son of man, can these bones live? And I answered, O Lord God, you know. Then he said to me, Prophesy over these bones and say to them, O dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Thus says the Lord God to these bones, Behold, I will cause breath to enter you, and you shall live. And I will lay sinews upon you, and will cause flesh to come upon you, and cover you with skin, and put breath in you, and you shall live. And you shall know that I am the Lord. So I prophesied as I was commanded. And as I prophesied, there was a sound. And behold, a rattling. And the bones came together, bone to its bone. And I looked, and behold, there were sinews on them. And flesh had come upon them, and skin had covered them. But there was no breath in them. Then he said to me, Prophesy to the breath, prophesy, son of man, and say to the breath, Thus says the Lord God, Come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe on these slain, that they may live. So I prophesied as he commanded me, and the breath came into them, and they lived and stood on their feet, an exceedingly great army. Then he said to me, Son of man, these bones of the whole house of Israel. Behold, they say, our bones are dried up and our hope is lost. We are clean, cut off. Therefore prophesy and say to them, thus says the Lord God, behold, I will open your graves and raise you from your graves, O my people, and I will bring you into the land of Israel. And you shall know that I am the Lord when I open your graves and raise you from your graves, O my people. And I will put my spirit within you, and you shall live. And I will place you in your own land. And you shall know that I am the Lord. I have spoken, and I will do it, declares the Lord. This is the word of the Lord. Our epistle reading is from the 8th chapter of Romans. There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. For the law of the spirit of life has set you free in Christ Jesus from the law of sin and death. For God has done what the law, weakened by the flesh, could not do. 
By sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh and for sin, he condemned sin in the flesh in order that the righteous requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us who walk not according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh, but those who live according to the spirit Set their minds on the things of the Spirit. To set the mind on the flesh is death, but to set the mind on the Spirit is life and peace. For the mind that is set on the flesh is hostile to God, for it does not submit to God's law. Indeed, it cannot. Those who are in the flesh cannot please God. You, however, are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit. If, in fact, the Spirit of God dwells in you, anyone who does not have the Spirit of Christ does not belong to him. But if Christ is in you, although the body is dead because of sin, the Spirit is life because of righteousness. If the Spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ Jesus from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his Spirit. Who dwells in you. This is the word of the Lord. The Holy Gospel according to St. John, the 11th chapter. Now a certain man was ill, Lazarus of Bethany, the village of Mary and her sister Martha. So the sisters sent to him, saying, Lord, he whom you love is ill. So when he heard that Lazarus was ill, he stayed two days longer in the place where he was. Then after this, he said to the disciples, let us go to Judea again. Now when Jesus came, he found that Lazarus had already been in the tomb four days. So when Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went and met him. But Mary remained seated in the house. Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. But even now I know that whatever you ask from God, God will give you. Jesus said to her, Your brother will rise again. Martha said to him, I know that he will rise again in the resurrection on the last day. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me, though he die, yet shall he live. And everyone who lives And believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? She said to him, Yes, Lord. I believe that you are the Christ, the Son of God, who is coming into the world. Now when Mary came to where Jesus was and saw him, she fell at his feet saying to him, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. When Jesus saw her weeping, and the Jews who had come with her also weeping, he was deeply moved in his spirit and greatly troubled. And he said, Where have you laid him? They said to him, Lord, come and see. Jesus wept. Then Jesus, deeply moved again, came to the tomb. It was a cave, and a stone lay against it. Jesus said, Take away the stone." Martha, the sister of the dead man, said to him, Lord, 
By this time there will be an odor, for he has been dead four days. Jesus said to her, Did I not tell you that if you believed, you would see the glory of God? So they took away the stone. And Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. I knew that you always hear me, but I said this on account of the people standing around, that they may believe that you sent me. When he had said these things, he cried out with a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. The man who had died came out, his hands and feet bound with linen strips and his face wrapped with a cloth. Jesus said to them, unbind him and let him go. Many of the Jews, therefore, who had come with Mary and had seen what he did, believed in him. But some of them went to the Pharisees and told them what Jesus had done. So the chief priests and the Pharisees gathered the council and said, What are we to do? But one of them, Caiaphas, who was the high priest that year, said to them, You know nothing at all, nor do you understand that it is better for you that one man should die for the people, not that the whole nation should perish. So from that day on, they made plans to put him to death. This is the gospel of the Lord. Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father and our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Lazarus had died. He was now dead for four days. Lazarus' two sisters, Mary and Martha, were devastated. For four days now, friends and family had been coming to their home. They brought food, hugs, words of comfort, everything we do at a funeral. People would sit with Mary and Martha, cry with them. It was a devastating blow to their tight-knit family. It was always just the three of them, Lazarus, Mary and Martha. Now it was just Mary and Martha. And then Jesus came to visit Jesus waited to visit. He could have come sooner, but he didn't. He waited. Even though Mary and Martha sent word for Jesus to come, he didn't come. Even though Mary and Martha dispatched messengers in the hope of finding Jesus so he could come to find Jesus, so he could heal Lazarus before it was too late. Jesus didn't come. When Jesus did make it, it was too late for a healing. Lazarus was dead. When Martha heard that Jesus had finally made it, she got up and ran out of the house to meet him. And when Martha made it to Jesus, she said something to him. And I'm not quite sure how to take it. I don't know if she was mad at Jesus for taking so long or just blowing off steam, but she said, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. No matter how she meant it, she was right. If Jesus had been there, Lazarus would not have died. A few minutes later, the other sister, Mary, came out to Jesus as well. 
She said the same thing to Jesus. Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. And you're right, Mary. If Jesus had been there, your brother would not have died. Mary and Martha are right. They're right. If Jesus had been there, they would not have had to go through the horrible death of their brother. And what they said to Jesus was true. And what they felt was true. If Jesus had been there, they would not have lost their brother. We think that too sometimes. I think we've prayed that sometimes. We've felt the same way sometimes. Because all of us at times in our lives have gone through horrible things in life. Things we just did not want to go through. And we have prayed and we have felt, Jesus, if you were just here, you could make this stop. Maybe it was at a death. Just like Mary and Martha, we lose loved ones. We all have and we all will. And there's nothing wonderful about death. It's always horrible. It is always painful. Death is never pleasant. Death is never good to watch. At its very core, we know death is wrong. It's just not right. And even unbelievers feel this way. Even unbelievers know death is something to avoid. But if Jesus were here, we wouldn't have to go through it. We wouldn't have to feel it. We wouldn't have to watch it. And like Mary and Martha, there are times at death we may feel like meeting Jesus and having a really honest talk with him. Lord, if you had been here, my brother, my sister would not have died. My mother, my father would not have died. My husband, my wife would not have died. My aunt, my uncle, my grandmother, my grandfather. Lord, if you had been here, my child would not have died. We know exactly what Mary and Martha were going through. We go through it too. After Martha came and said... Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. Mary came out and said the same thing also. And then she literally just collapsed at Jesus' feet, crying. And that's when Jesus said to all of them, But I am the resurrection. And I am the life. And everyone who believes in me shall never die. And then Jesus said, where have you laid him? And they said, Lord, come and see. The burial of Lazarus had been over for several days. He was dead, gone, in a tomb, sealed shut with a rock. It had been four days. So when Jesus told them to roll the stone away from the tomb, even Mary and Martha thought this was crazy. Martha even said, it's been four days. There's going to be an odor. It's one thing to heal someone when they're sick, but to heal someone after they are dead, after they have been dead for four days, 
To give life even after they are smelling from decay. That seemed impossible. But nothing was going to stop Jesus from this moment. And with the words, Lazarus, come out. With that command of his word, the same word that Jesus used to create this world. With that same order, Lazarus had to live again. He had to breathe again. He had to walk again. No one can disobey a command from our own creator. And not even death has the ability to deny our creator the opportunity to give life again. So with those words, Lazarus, come out. He was alive again. I know at death we may feel like saying, Lord, if you had been here. But we don't have to. Jesus does something greater than if he had been here. He has shown us the greater power he has than just intervening to stop a death. Jesus showed us he has the power to reverse a death. And he will. Jesus will reverse the death of everyone. The Apostle Paul once wrote to the church in Corinth. And he said this. For as in Adam all die, so also in Christ shall all be made alive. This is our great hope. But it's actually also greater than just a hope. Because you can hope for something and you never get it. No, the resurrection of the dead is greater than a hope. The resurrection from the dead is a promise. Because this is what Jesus Christ showed you today in Lazarus. And this is what Jesus Christ himself promises you in his own resurrection from the dead. We will live again. He will reverse it all. We all go through death. We will lose mothers and fathers, husbands and wives. Brothers and sisters, sons and daughters, we will. But the promise of Christ is greater than even death. When we go to visit a gravesite at a cemetery, it's usually not a very cheery place. We don't see life there other than the grass. When we see a cemetery, it looks cold. We see hard gravestones sticking out of the ground. They're gray. They look lifeless. And we may even be tempted to gaze around at all those tombstones and feel like we're just surrounded by the dead. But that's just not true about a cemetery. It's not true about the dead. And it's just not true because of Christ. When Martin Luther wrote about cemeteries what it was like to be in a cemetery. He could have described those places as filled with death. Luther could have said it's a sad place. Luther could have said, Lord, if you had just been here. But Luther didn't. 
Instead, Luther said this. The cemetery does not indicate a heap of the dead, but rather a cemetery is a field full of kernels. They are all known as God's kernels, which will one day blossom forth again and grow more beautifully than can ever be imagined. A cemetery is like a field. A cemetery is like a field in which God has planted kernels. Each tombstone represents a kernel, a person planted in the ground. And one day when Jesus returns, he will say to all of us, just like he did to Lazarus, come out, wake up, rise again. And when that happens, when Jesus, our creator, speaks that word, that command, you will see a cemetery field blossom with the resurrection. You will see mothers and fathers, brothers and sisters, aunts and uncles, husbands and wives, sons and daughters, all of them will wake up, rise, and live a new life in Christ that we can only begin to imagine right now how wonderful that will be. I know death is hard. It is horrible. It is terrible. But death is not the end. Not for any of us. Jesus isn't going to be stopped by death. Not for a second. He originally created us from the dust of the ground. And he can do that again. And he will do that again. That's his promise to you. Amen. And now may the peace of our God, which surpasses our understanding, keep your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Amen.